Hello, and welcome to New Hope Christian Fellowship with Pastor John Gilbert. Forward to young Isaac growing up, because not many children get to sit in their granddad's arms when they're having a preach, you know. So I'm really looking forward in the years to come what he will be like when he's a teenager, you know. So uh, God bless him, his little soul. So we're going to have our sermon now. And um, there's going to be a Sunday school. If anybody wants to attend the Sunday school with um, Adriel and Jezreel. All right. But um, we're very happy to see our visitors today. It's a real joy. And it's lovely to see Bob. You know, we've missed you very much, Mr. Minia. Every week people say, oh, we miss Bob. Daddy Bob. Daddy Bob. We miss Daddy Bob. So we're just happy to see you today. And, uh, you know, there are some things I like doing and some things I don't like doing. I just wish I never came round your house the other day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll talk to you afterwards about that because there's something else there that might need to go out, alright? What's that? Have you? Right. Right. When I was at work, which is back in before I had a fall. I, I went across the building to the other side and I fell down and I got stuck around me, you know. But I didn't damage myself physically to look at. But I'd fallen down and I reckon I never realised. My eldest son cannot wear bifocals. And I now realise. These are bifocals. Yeah. Let's pray for you, Bob, all right? Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for Daddy Bob, and uh, we know that he had this fall in the week, and I, I feel so guilty about it. But I just pray for him, Lord, in his older age. He's 89. We just ask your blessing upon him so that he doesn't keep falling over and smashing himself. And uh, we know it's not easy. As he said to Paul, don't grow old, you won't like it. <laughs> but, you know, it's something that we've all got to experience. And we've got Roy at the back as well. You know, he knows what it's like to be older. But I pray, Lord, that you would help us to look after each other, protect each other, so that we don't hurt ourselves. We do pray this for Bob, for Roy and for everybody else in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's look at the word of the Lord. Okay. Hebrews. Hebrews. Chapter 1. What does it say? Well, there's so many things we could look at today. We're going to talk about how God speaks God is speaking there was a, a guy sang a song once I don't agree with it said God is speaking through the music I'm not sure that Jesus did not turn up with a guitar and speak through the music okay so I have a problem with the song no they might have had something a harp so it says here, let's just pray. Lord, thank you for the word of God. And we just ask your blessing on this sermon in Jesus' name. Amen. It says God 
who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he has appointed here of all things by whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had himself purged our sins sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high there we go it's a passage pointing to Jesus how God likes to speak to us at sundry times the writer to the Hebrews Hebrew says he spoke to our fathers by the prophets there's so much we can look at so it's been said I like to look back to a time when there was a group of Christians called the Puritans anybody ever heard of the Puritans some of you have John Bunyan that old writer of Pilgrim's Progress he was a Puritan of the 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 group called the nonconformists you heard of the nonconformists you know the word Christian people use the word Christian so easy so like a throwaway word you know we're all Christians we all love each other we're all in the same camp not quite so you know people can use the word so flippantly but back in the day 300 years ago you was either a Roman Catholic a Church of England or you was like a Puritan a nonconformist and that's who I like to see myself as one of those lot all right so anyway this old Puritan preacher said ask two questions does God speak and if he does what does he say well we all want to know don't we we all want to know what God is thinking what God is saying we hear a lot of men and women talking gassing having a chin wag you like a chin wag don't you some of you once people start they cannot stop yes man certainly speaks and when I say man I'm talking about women as well rabbit rabbit yep yep rabbit 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 whatever much of what men say is not worth repeating is it if the angels if you got the angel Gabriel and ask the angel Gabriel to to what he thinks of what people say on this earth it probably weep probably weep at all the words that he hears the endless chit chat and meaningless talk that a lot of human beings might come up with you know but God has spoken God has said something and he is still speaking but how that's the question how does he speak what has he said what is he saying this verse said in the Bible verse 1 it says God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets God has spoken you know if God is gonna make oh come on let's just change things a little bit it's not in my notes but all of us have been boys and girls yes once upon a time not so long ago for some of us all right but anyway when I was a little lad I had action men yeah and and some of you probably had dollies yeah or Barbie something like that and I'm sure when you played with them you talked to them maybe yeah 
you know, maybe your Barbie wanted to go out with this action man and you had a little conversation. Things like that. You, you imagine things, don't you? And maybe you played with plasticine and maybe you created a little man or a little woman or something like that. And you, you talk. You talk to these things. God created us. The book tells us, right? The Bible tells us. And it even tells us in verse 2, by whom also he made the world. It clearly says here that God created the world in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2. And yet people come up with some wacky ideas about big bangs and all sorts of things. But it says it there clearly. Anyway, if God's going to create a, a human race of, of different nationalities and, and different, you know, nations, is he going to leave us to get on our own and, and, and just get on with it? Or is he going to talk to us? What would you, you'd be mad not to talk to your creation, wouldn't you? God's not mad, is he? God's not insane, is he? He wants to talk. Tina, you're a mum, and you've got Matthew, your husband, and you've had four, four kids, right? Yeah, four. Have you ever decided, oh, I don't want to talk to them kids? I don't want to say nothing to them. You'd be mad. Leo, you're a dad, you're the, you, you'd say, I've got, you want to talk to your children. Don't you? You want to talk to your sons, Bob? Yeah. Anyway, God speaks and God has spoken. Out of his kindness, he is not silent. He has spoken to his people, to his children. And how does it, has he done it? the Bible, the Old Testament. When we look at the Old Testament, we see and read of prophets. What's a prophet? A prophet is somebody who's taken time aside to listen to what God is saying. And when God speaks to the prophet, or another word is seer, someone who sees into the future, yeah, God speaks to that person. And there are many prophets. And by me saying this, God has authenticated the Old Testament. We like to say this is, and you might have heard it in an Anglican service or something else, you might say, someone would say, this is the word of the Lord. Ever heard that? Because God spoke it, didn't he? Okay, you may ask. How did God speak by the prophets? Come in, come in, enjoy it, find a seat, sit down. All right, don't be embarrassed. Um, okay, okay, okay. Let's just settle down. We're happy to see you all again. Come on, gang. Anyway, how did God speak by the prophets? Should we have some examples? I'm gonna. I've got Abraham. I've got Abraham here. My first example. Abraham, Genesis chapter eighteen. There's Dave. Genesis chapter eighteen. Some angels went to visit Abraham. And as you well know, Abraham waited and waited and waited many years to have a son. Some of us have children very easily, but he waited and he waited and he waited 25 years. God promised Abraham a son and he waited 25 years for that son to come into being. If anyone knows their Bibles, they'll understand what I'm talking about. But after 15 or 13 years, after God promised him a son, it wasn't working. So his wife said to him, I'll tell you what, Abraham, God's promised you a son and nothing's happened yet. Why don't you 
had my servant, my, my uh, maid, who was called Hagar. And Abraham said, that's a good idea. So it was the wife who said, you can have the maid. And they got together and they produced a son. Well, that happens, doesn't it? Man and a woman, you know. And it happened in their case. They gave birth to a son called Ishmael. But he was not God's chosen son. There's a lesson to be learned here. There's a very big lesson. Sometimes, not sometimes, God has a plan. God has a purpose. And when God says, I promise you this son, we should wait for God to act. What the problem with us is that we come up with our own opinion. We come up with our own ideas. And when we do that, we cause ourselves grief. We cause ourselves problems and sorrow because we're acting on our own understanding. But yet God spoke, I'm going to give you a son. Just wait for me. Yeah? And he waited 25 years. And you know how old he was? 99 years of age. Bob and Roy, there's hope yet. <laughs> he was 99, Roy, when he had a son with his 90-year-old wife. Okay? Deary me. <laughs> Ladies, don't write yourselves off either. Okay? <laughs> But I'm telling you, when, when God does something, he wants everybody to know this is the work of God. It's not the work of man. God is in charge and God will do the impossible. And what God did to reassure Abraham in, in Genesis 18, he sent an angel. God sent an angel to, to Abraham to tell him this time next year, you're going to have a son. And his wife laughed. She thought it was fun. Well, you do. That's what you just did, yeah, didn't you? We have a laugh about it because we find it extraordinary. But that's just what God is. He is the God of the extraordinary. He is the supernatural God. That's who he is. Sometimes... He might not send an angel. He might talk to you directly. That's what God does. What about Moses? He was shepherding the sheep. He was up the mountain. Yes, looking after Jethro's sheep. And there was a bush burning. But yet the bush did, was not consumed by the fire. Who was in the bush? It was God. And what did the bush suddenly start speaking to Moses, didn't it? Moses, Moses, take your shoes off because the ground you are standing on is holy ground. Who was talking? Not Mickey Mouse. This is God. And God spoke to Moses directly. Isn't that incredible? Because God trusted him. God knew that he would record everything he said. And that's what God did. Thank you, Dom. There we go. There's the burning bush. And God is speaking directly to Moses. And you could read Genesis. You could read Exodus. You could read Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. Some of what is written has been handed down through the patriarchs. Abraham. Isaac and Jacob, they're the patriarchs. And they handed this information down to, to Moses. And Moses wrote it all down meticulously, didn't he, Mayette? Sometimes God speaks through creation. I'll show you. I read Psalm 19, did I not? Yes, I did. So we go to the Psalms. 
I'll read a couple of little verses from different psalms. Psalm number 8 says this. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast ordained strength, because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. It says here, verse 3, When I consider thy heavens, the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. God, he'd like to say it, when I, when I consider the stars and the, the, the moon and the, the sun, with Psalm 19, it spoke about the sun traveling across the sky. This guy, this, this David, God is speaking to him through his creation. Someone once said this. The sun, we see it as a ball of fire, right? Yeah? But someone said, the sun is like God. It, it rises up and its light is shone throughout the whole universe. Yes? And then the same person said the moon is like the Son of God. Because in a dark night, what's the sun itself is, is on the other side of the world and it's shining on the moon and making the moon bright. Yes? The moon, someone said, maybe it was the same person, doesn't really have any glory of its own. It's the sun that shines on it. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But, the Son of God was scarred up. The Son of God was scarred up. That's Jesus. And when you look at the moon, it's full of craters and, and ravines and whatnot. It's a hard, hard surface. But the sun makes it shine on a dark night. The stars, the same person said, it's like the Holy Spirit. They're scattered everywhere throughout the sky. So creation itself can speak can speak what God is thinking and saying. God can speak through a vision. I don't know if you've ever had a dream in bed when you're like fast asleep and you're getting ready to wake up and you have a dream. Sometimes you might have a, a vision. And such a person as Daniel, in the middle of the scriptures, Daniel had visions. He had visions of a of a statue. In fact, it was Nebuchadnezzar that had the dream and, and Daniel saw what it was and told him what it was. And, and Daniel had other visions where he saw uh, a leopard with the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion and it disturbed him. He had many visions and he wrote down what he saw. And John the Apostle John had visions when you read the book of Revelation. I don't know if you've ever read the book of Revelation. But you marvel at some of the things that he sees. God speaks through visions as well. And that's how he's able to do it. What enables people to do this? What enables God to help people to see these things? Well, it's easy. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables people. It enabled the prophets. If I go to 1 Peter, or 2 Peter, chapter, chapter 1, verse 21, says here, this is a crucial verse, says here, for the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I'll repeat that. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. But the holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. You understand that? The Spirit of God enables people to be inspired. You ever created something? You ever painted a picture? 
you ever sculptured something wonderful like Michelangelo would sculpture the, the statue of David? Have you ever done something like that? Well, I, I like painting. Mayette knows I like doing a little painting. I'm doing a painting at the moment. It's a Vincent van Gogh portrait. And I, was, I think I might bring it in one day to show you because there's another sermon that I've got up my sleeve. I've done, I'm on my second one, Doc. But anyway, I like painting and sometimes I look for inspiration. I cannot paint or draw without inspiration. I need to be inspired. Now you take that word, inspired, you break it down. It's two syllables, right? Two syllables. In. Inspired. In. Inspired. I could say in spirit. In, it's a similar word, isn't it? In spirit. In the Holy Spirit. Inspired. These men were inspired. That's what the Bible's telling us. They were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Yes? Look. What's it say there? Anyone? Can anyone? You got good up. My has got good eyesight. Can you read that one, Mayette? How, well done, Mick. Holy Bible. Yeah? Let me ask you a question. Hemel Hempstead Library. How many books down that library? A thousand or more, maybe more. Some man, a scholar, went to New York Library. It's like the London Library, British, British Library. He went to the USA Library. He said there were seven million books there. He felt so small because he felt humbled that people had written all these books. Seven million. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Those books are for your information. That's what they're for. They help you to learn and understand about history, about geography, about maths, about English. Yeah? They've got fiction books. They've got, they got non-fiction books. They're there for your information. But this one, this book, if you put it on the shelf in the New York Library or the British Library, it's different to all the others because it says holy. Holy Bible. The word Bible means Biblia, which means a library of books, doesn't it? You know that, don't you? Of course you do. But this one is holy. Holy books. That means, the word holy means separate. It means that this book is separate from all the others. It was, if it was in the New York Library, out of the 7 million that are there, this one is different. Come on. Why is it different? Well, I'll tell you why. It's easy when you know why. Those books are for your information. This book is for your transformation. Books on facts and, and, and non-fiction and all of that, they're not for your transformation, they're for your information as I've said, but this is for your transformation written by the Spirit of God and it's able as you read it to transform you in, from what you are to what God wants you to be huh? isn't that amazing? it's incredible that one book out of all the books on the earth is able to transform you into a child of God. I said to Roy last week as he was leaving the hall, faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God. That's how faith comes. If faith comes to you, you will do the most amazing things. 
you will do the most incredible things. Like Moses stood on the, the, the shore of the Red Sea and God spoke to him. Take these people across the water. Speak to the sea. And the sea parted. If you could walk by faith and not by sight, God would have you do the most incredible things. Let's move on. There are many prophecies in the Old Testament. Prophecies are, it's another way of saying the prophets prophesied. The prophets, they looked into the future. As I said, another word for prophet is seer. They see things. They see ahead. And they prophesied. God allowed them to speak his word. Some of them, for example, I'll give you the very simple example. Isaiah. Go to Isaiah chapter 7. What does it say? Well, this is probably the easiest way to explain what a prophet does. Isaiah saw into the future and he said this. Isaiah 7, 14. There we go. This is the easiest way to put it. Therefore, the Lord himself, said the prophet, shall give you a sign. People are always asking for a sign. And the prophet said, The Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Well, can anyone tell me who that virgin was? Mary. Mary. December 25th? No, not Mary. I December 25th, she had a baby boy and his name was Jesus. Jesus. You've known that since you was a child, haven't you? So, okay, my next question. Okay. So my next question is, the prophet Isaiah, Dominic might look this up on the Google, how many years did Isaiah live when he said that. Anybody know? Oh, Dominic, oh, look, he's on the Google. 800 years, roughly. Give or take 50 years. Yes? Before. before. The prophet Isaiah spoke 800 years before that came into being. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. And you know what Emmanuel means? God with us. So the prophet prophesied, this will be a sign unto you that God is with us. The virgin shall give birth to a baby and you'll call his name Jesus. How about that? So here is, that's a very simple analogy that we're all familiar with. Yes? What about the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Did anybody t say that it was going to happen before it happened? Amos. Amos? Amos. Hold on, hold on, one at a time. No, darkness, absolute darkness, blackness. He prophesied that. About the death and resurrection of Jesus? The, the miracles, the six miracles of Calvary. Okay. Definitely what happened. And, uh, yeah, he said, okay. Okay. How about we choose something very easy, Bob? Very easy. What about Psalm 22, Dominic? Psalm 22. We'll all go to Psalm 22. Psalm 22. And here we go. What does it say? It says this. What did Jesus say on the cross? He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Did not Jesus say that on the cross? Yeah. And yet, 
the writer of Psalm 22, that is David, he's saying it how many years before it happened? Over 500 years. The prophet, this is David, he said it. He says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? From the, the words of my roaring. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime and thou hearest not. And in the night season, and it goes on. But the whole psalm is relating to, well, most of it, not the whole psalm, is relating to the crucifixion. This happened 500 years or more. Maybe, maybe more, seven, 600 years. And, and the, the resurrection, so there's the death and the resurrection. And I can't think right now about a prophecy for the resurrection. There are prophecies for the return of Christ. There are prophecies about the kingdom of Christ. There are prophecies about the movement of nations. There are prophecies about the future of Israel. All these things. The Old Testament prophecies. And as Bible students, we should be looking at them. And if people wanted to question me and say, John Gilbert, please, can you prove to me that the Bible is real? Can you prove to me that Jesus Christ is the Messiah? Can you? Well, well, I say to you, do yourself a Google. Do yourself, you got, you got your mobile? You pay 50 quid a month for it if it's a nice flash iPhone? Do yourself a Google and put in there something like this. What prophecies are there about Jesus Christ being the Son of God. Eh? Anyone can do that? Can't you? Yes, you can. I did it before I came here this morning. And I saw this, that someone said, there's 351 prophecies written by the prophets pointing to Jesus Christ. Telling us that he was the Son of God. Telling us that he is the Messiah that is to come. Isn't that incredible? And I think there could be more. But someone probably hadn't done enough homework. 350 fingers pointing to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the one to come. Hey, do you believe me? Do a Google. Huh? If every atheist, if every atheist in the country wanted to ask me the question, all they got to do is do a Google. Huh? Yes. And be converted. Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect. That's what it says, converting the soul. Let's go back to Hebrews. Chapter 1, was it? Chapter 1? Are we all switched on? Chapter 1. And I'm going to look at verse 2. It says here, this is very interesting. Chapter, verse 2. Has in these last days. What a thing to say. The writer to the Hebrews is telling us that God has spoken in these last days. When was the Bible completed? When was it completed, the New Testament? At the end of the first century. John, it was on the Isle of Patmos. God spoke to him in visions and dreams, and he wrote the book of Revelation. The theologians are telling us at the end of the first century. That's like AD 95, 96. At the end of... So, what century are we in now? 21st century, yeah? 21, 23. How long will it go on for? What have I got in my pocket? Oh, dearie, mate. Listen. 
the writer to the Hebrews is telling us that when he wrote this, it was the last days. Deary me. When was the book of Hebrews written? That's a good question to ask. Well, I'll tell you what, I think it was written in about end of AD 70-ish, give or take a few years. So I'm going back 2,000 years ago. And he said, it's the last days then. So if it's 20... 2023, are we in the last days? You might be rattled by this. I think we're in the last minutes or hours of time. That's what I think. And I think you think that as well, some of you. Let me just say, in these last days, it says, spoken unto us by his Son, that's Jesus Christ. And we know that Jesus Christ was around on the earth 2,000 years ago, whom he has appointed all, here of all things, by whom also he made the world. So the writer says it was the last days then. The day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and anointed those people, the apostles, and they spoke in tongues, in languages, why do we know that? Well, there were 18 different nations had come. The Egyptians, the Medes, I, I can't go through all their names because I haven't looked at it this morning. But there were 18 different groups of people at, Pentec at Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost and they heard them speak in their own tongue. My tongue is English, Cockney English. Okay, but Acts chapter 2, what does it say? Acts 2, 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Okay? Praise the Lord. God is speaking through people. When the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, he's going to speak through you. He is speaking to us now. He has not been silent in any age. God is talking. And there's been what we would say, some of you theologians, if you're out there, would say this is prophetic development of how God speaks. But we have to be careful. We have to be careful. Why do I say that? This is his word. And it is complete, said the writers in the New Testament. It is complete. We shouldn't be adding to it. We shouldn't be taking away from it. We'll be in big trouble otherwise, won't we, Jackie? Yes. So, what about today? Oh, there is much more to say. And time is eluding us. Daniel 12, verse 4, speaks of a knowledge explosion. If we could go back in time, if we could go back, I'll tell you what, if we went back to see Leonardo da Vinci, he was around about 350 years ago, 400 years, anybody know when he was born? No, nor do I. But he was a clever man. He painted the Mona Lisa. And we have her hanging on our wall at home, don't we, mate? She's a good-looking lady. However, he did some most extraordinary things. Some say that he even designed a helicopter. Isn't that extraordinary? Based on a dragonfly. You watch the way a dragonfly moves. He had drawings of a dragonfly looking like a helicopter. It's incredible. Very clever man. 
But now, we have a helicopter. Isn't that incredible? Somebody thought about it, and somebody said, that's a good idea, I think I'll make a helicopter. Somebody had an idea about a rocket. Yes, maybe it was an ice cream, a, a, a lolly, an ice lolly. I've eaten one, it looks like a rocket. Well, someone made a rocket. Isn't that incredible? Someone made a rocket to go to the moon. I don't know if it got there or not. There's a lot of controversy about it all. If you look at the video on the telly, I think it was Neil Armstrong or, or Mickey Mouse, I'm not sure, but they put a flag up and the flag is like blowing, but there's no wind on the moon. Someone mucking us around there somewhere. Anyway, what I'm saying, we have mobile phones with such technology. How, what's that flag doing like that? It should be falling down, shouldn't it, Dom? <laughs> anyway, whatever. We're living in a very unusual time in history, people. We've had a virus called the corona. We have a, a, a virus called the monkeypox. We used to have chicken pox. Now it's monkeypox. And people... We might have zebra pox next week or giraffe pox the week after. I do not know. But it says in the scriptures you will hear of, you know, wars, rumours of wars and there'll be diseases and pestilence and things. And Jesus said this at the time of the end. Didn't he say that? You're not sure, are you? Well, let's go to Matthew 24 and just see if it's really what he said. Matthew 24, verse 1, And Jesus went out, departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him. And they said, Show us the building of the... For to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto, him, unto them, See not all these things, verily, I say unto you, there shall not be a stone, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? And the end of the... And the end of the... It's the end of the world. He's looming upon us. And Jesus was answering the question of the disciples. I was expecting the world to end. He said this, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumours of wars. That's something that we're hearing in our lifetime, isn't it? See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be Famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places, including Turkey, including Syria. That's what it says. And all these are the beginnings of sorrows. And we could go on, but time is running away and I've got much more to say. These things, the Son of God has spoken. Jesus Christ has spoken. God has spoken through him. There's a moral decline. That's what the Bible says. There shall be a moral decline. And, and that's been happening over the last hundred years. We've had two world wars. People look at a world war. They see 60 million people dead and they think, where's God? 
And if, if God's not around, he wouldn't let this happen. And if God's not going to be around and let all this stuff happen, we might as well do what we want. Huh? And that's what people are doing. People do what they want. They don't care. They just want to let it all hang out. Yes? We're not letting it hang out though, are we? No, because we're Christian people. We want to live according to the Ten Commandments. Isn't that right? I'll have to ask you these things. Just <coughs> Time is running out. What about Revelation 13? Oh, that's another sermon for another day, but it's in my notes. What about the mark of the beast on the head or the hand? Is it prophecy that is unfulfilled? Could be. It is. What about the beast coming out of the earth? What about the beast that's under the authority of the dragon? With the leopard skin, spots and the, 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 the mouth of a lion and the, the claws of a bear. Where is he? What about the Jewish people? Yes, remember in AD 70, what happened in AD 70? Well, John, let's check out the history books. The Romans marched into Jerusalem and annihilated everybody, wiped them out. And, and those that were, could run ran away. And they'd never gone back to their homeland for many, many, many years. Until sometime in the 1800s, the Jews started migrating back to their homeland. The land that God gave to Abraham. He gave it to Abraham. They were settled there. They've been going back. Some of you are old enough to remember 1948. When the Jews were going back to Israel. Israel became a nation overnight. that right, Bob? And they're going back. If you will read Ezekiel 37, the prophet, God spoke to the prophet Ezekiel and said, what do you see Ezekiel? And he said, I see a valley of dry bones, like a graveyard, all full of bones. He said, prophesy, prophesy to the valley of dry bones. And he did. And he saw flesh and sinews and, and ligaments and tendons growing on the bones. And they became a people. And he said, this is the people of Israel. We haven't got time to go through it. But it's prophecy. It's the word of God. It's God speaking. And as witnesses, are we witnesses? Do we see these things? People saw. There was a, a preacher called... Um, The one your dad listens to. The one who was in Israel. You know the one. Anyway, he saw the fulfillment of prophecy. He was a soldier in Israel. I can't remember his name, but I'll find out later on. Derek Prince. Derek Prince. He was a soldier in Israel, and he saw the Jews coming back to the homeland. And he thought, what does this mean? He said that's what made him believe in the word of God. God's prophetic plan is being fulfilled. Time is moving on. I've run out of time. Let me finish. Do you want to know what God is saying? He's already speaking. And I'm not saying I'm God. But God is speaking to us. He spoke to us through his son. That's what the passage said. In these last days he's spoken to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And, and I can't, I'm running out of time people, but if you want to know about grace, amazing grace, look at Jesus. Study Jesus. When I was 21, my life was full of hatred. 
That's true. And that's how I become a Christian because I needed love. And I thought, well, I've had love. I thought I had love with a few girlfriends, right? But they just said, one day, John, we've had enough of you. We're going somewhere else. It wasn't love. I've been elbowed out. That's not, I was used. I wanted to know love. And I realised God is love. And when I look at Jesus, when I look into the life of Jesus, I see the love of God. And that's why I'm a Christian. Do you want to know about power? God's got power. He really has. I'll show you one verse. One verse, 1 Peter 1 5 says this Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. If you're a believer today, if you're a Christian, God's power is on you to keep you in these last days. He's able to keep you as a child of God, and that's power to stop you being deceived by the enemy. God's power is able to give you the truth and to keep you in the truth. That's incredible. You want wisdom? Is any of us simple? Well, some of us probably too embarrassed to put our arm up. But I am. I'm simple. And I need wisdom. And where do I get that? I'll get it from Jesus Christ. I'll get it from the word of God. God wants to give me his wisdom. James, the brother of Jesus that wrote an epistle, he said, does any one of you lack wisdom? Well, I reckon that's all of us, isn't it? Well, you're shaking your head. Good. All you've got to do is ask God for some wisdom and he'll give you some wisdom. I like that, Noah. Praise the Lord. As I close, do you want to know about the future? Isn't it interesting how every daily newspaper has got their astrology readings in it? Have you ever noticed that? Huh? You notice? What is that? Because people want to know what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day and the day after that and someone says yeah well I know you're a, you're a Sagittarius you're a Capricorn you're a Gemini and I know what's going to happen to you rubbish 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 it's all rubbish God knows the future and we're moving into it aren't we step by step we're going forward. God knows the future. And we can trust him. Whether things get dark, very dark, we can still trust him, can't we? We can trust him. I'll leave it there because time has gone. And maybe we can carry on another day. But as we close, let me just read one verse, to two verses. Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 says this, Timothy, chapter 3 wasn't it, there we go, chapter 3, listen, this is Timothy, Paul's little disciple, he says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, for in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished in all good works. So that one verse, those two verses says, all scripture, the Genesis to Revelation, is given by inspiration of God. All of it. God has spoken. Are we listening? Let's close there. Lord God, we do thank you once again. Once again, Lord, thank you for, for speaking to your people. Thank you for giving us understanding, giving us wisdom. 
given us insight into these wonderful things from the word of God. Lord, help us to move forward with your blessing, with the word of God in our hand, Lord, that it be a light unto our feet and a light to our path. Lord, we thank you for today. May everybody, Lord, be, be blessed by you and your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We meet at Grove Hill Community Center at 1130 p.m. in Hemel Hempstead. God bless you.